Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. I do want to give you a heads up that we did have a minor technical difficulty with my microphone. So my voice has a little bit of reverb. Um, It doesn't last the whole time, but this interview was so good that we still want to release it. So hang in there and enjoy this wonderful conversation with my beautiful friend, Brooke Barney. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Rise Daily Podcast. Here we choose healing. Here we choose growth. Here we will learn to empower one another to rise above our daily challenges. We are your hosts, Anita and Alicia. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. So excited to introduce our beautiful guest today, Brooke Barney. Welcome, Brooke. We're so excited that you can join us today. Yay. Thank you, Brooke. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yes. um, I am super excited about the things that you're going to share with us today because I know for me, anytime that I talk to you about nutrition and um, this topic, I leave with (laughs) new um, wanting to implement it into my life. So I'm excited to to hear the things that you're going to share with us. And um, Brooke is a integrative nutrition health coach. And can you, for people that have never heard it said that way, can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, sure. So um, I take a holistic approach to health in general. So one being the food portion, but I also look at all areas of life life that can be causing imbalance, um, stress. And then, um, so that could be like relationships, your lifestyle factors. And so I just work with you in all those areas, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically to get you back into a balanced state. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I love that. Um, in fact, so Brooke and I met, I want to say it's been over three years ago, right? It was 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, um, and I love that we to do this together. So we attended a yoga training or not training, a yoga retreat mm-hmm. with a mutual friend, beautiful Kelly Stevens. And it was amazing. And Brooke and I, like we were able to connect on so many levels, one being um, just taking time for adventure and hiking and doing that type of thing. So I love that we've been able to continue that throughout the past many years, you know. And then also I know that you love Pilates and yoga and we've been able to do some hot yoga sessions together and that's been amazing. And I mean, as you were saying, what the integrative nutrition is um I feel like you totally you're in that you know what I mean like just seeing what you do in your physical health and how you are with your family your husband your children it's so beautiful to just watch you you're an inspiration to me for so long so uh, I'm just excited to have you here today it's so sweet thank you okay so um I would love to go back a little bit and have you tell us like what got you on this journey? What was it in your life that just pulled you towards wanting to be on this path of clean eating and, you know, kind of researching that out? Yeah. Well, there's two large phases in life. I would say I'll start with the first one as to how did I even get interested in integrative or natural health? Um, 
I was kind of forced into it at a young age. I got an autoimmune. Um, it's called rheumatoid arthritis, and I was bedridden at a very young age. And I was put on the medication and told I would have a very short-lived life. <laughs> and the doctor wow. sent me out the door, right? As wow. a lot um, of conventional doctors can do because they they treat symptoms. Um, and so as I lay there in bed, just aching and not sure of my future, if there is what it's going to look like, if there's going to be one, I, um, I had this little this little bird visit my window and that's my nature connection too. I just have really mm. always had this deep connection to nature and it just said nature will heal, will heal you. And I was thinking, well, what does that mean? It was just that sign though. And so I, I asked my mom, go get all these books from the library because we didn't have internet at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just aged myself, right? That's okay. I'm proud, I'm proud of my wisdom with yes, my absolutely. Yeah. So I just told her there's something to do with natural health, go get anything. And so she just got books for me and I just read and there was one unified message was food, mindfulness and nature heals. And so I just studied that. And then I, um, I started eating the ways that the food that the books told me to eat. And it was um, just mostly from the ground, right? Because though my mom, she was a wonderful cook, we ha- we did still have the typical American diet, pizza and, and pasta and Chinese food, you know, it was just, they were quick and, and my parents were working and, and oftentimes as parents, we just were kind of in survival, right? Just doing what we can. Super grateful for all they did. Um, but it, my body just wasn't taking to that way of living. So I finally found, um, you know, my way out of bed, walking again, feeding myself. And, um, and then I found a chiropractor who had healed himself from RA and, and my mom did actually. Mm. And so I met with him and he had been my guide and really taught me how to manage my stress and the importance that, um, the importance of manage, managing stress, being mindful, moving my body, just this integrative approach. And I lived that for quite some time. But then I got into corporate world and I had kids and I got married and that slowly, slowly drifted. So then like the second phase, Alicia, was really when I met you and my corporate career um, was coming to an end. And, and I had this opening in life again. And I was getting to the point then again, where I was not following my practices very well. I was not eating the way I knew that I needed to be moving my body as much, you know, I was just in that survival mode. And, and so I had this opening and I, I just thought, okay, I have six months to do whatever I want in life. What have I always wanted to do? And it was to study nutrition on a deeper level. And so I went back to school just for me, just for me personally, that obviously turned into now a huge passion for helping others. So that's my quick story. Maybe too long. Oh, thank you. That that is such a beautiful story. So powerful. And I also love how you had your phase because I think sometimes we are too hard on ourselves, thinking, oh, I I have fallen off of my path of what I really wanted. And now, you know, we could sit in that and just spiral, keep spiraling. But instead you were like, nope, I'm going to get back on my path. And I'm only, I'm even going to 
you know, create a greater platform for myself, education to be able to help others. Powerful. Thank you so much. Oh, loved it. So when you were talking about the books and how, um, you know, just all of the information that you were gathering from there, Anita, I remember a quote that you had mentioned a while ago that I feel like it totally went along with that. Yes. Well, it's our mom's motto for life, kind of, but it's Hippocrates, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Like that's literally our mother. Her fridge looks like a Whole Foods market. There's nothing but seeds, fruit, nuts, soaking nuts, (laughs) and greens. Oh my gosh. So that's a a huge belief um, of hers. And that's how we grew up. Mm-hmm. And so it was such a blessing, even though as children, you don't have an appreciation for it. And as Not children, we're like, mom, please stop reading all the labels, put it in the basket or don't, but don't, you know, so, it, and now we just have this immense appreciation for her. She was ahead of her time. So incredible that she knew that, and she was trying to do the best for us. And now we're the same. That's what we love to do as well. Um, speaking of reading labels, this is, oh my goodness. So do you remember, Brooke, when you came over to my house and I had just been purchasing maple syrup thinking that um, that I was doing a good thing, you know, like it was, to me, it looked natural and healthy. It was in, you know, a very beautiful container that looked like it was a good thing, but I hadn't taken the time to read the back and Brooke's like, this doesn't even have maple syrup in it. It is a table. What did it, what did it say? It was a table um, something. And yeah, usually it's high fructose corn syrup. Oh, is yeah, what but it, it looked. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going off of what, you know, oh, this must be a natural one. I'll take it. And and you told me, like, please make sure that you always read the back and the ingredients that are in there are are um, real, you know, and I was just like, oh my goodness, thank you. And ever since then, I'm so much more aware of that because it's easy to see them, how the marketing works mm-hmm. with foods and, and we think that we're getting something good and it's not. Yes. The labeling is so confusing mm-hmm. and um, the, you know, the terminology of, of just natural using the, the term natural yes. on all the labels and we we trust we trust that the FDA that the government is looking out for us and in reality it's about money it's about marketing and how can we it's about addiction on, in our food industry they want to get you addicted to their products so they put a lot of sugar in them because sugar is addicting right and so when you go back to buy that bottle of ketchup or barbecue sauce Oftentimes it's that memory that's ingrained because you got this massive, you know, um, endorphin hit of, uh, or dopamine hit of, of, wow, that, that, um, maple syrup or that ketchup was really good. I only want that brand. So mm-hmm. marketing t- tactics put into place. Honestly, Brooke, when you just brought up barbecue sauce, there's not one single line of barbecue sauce on the market that doesn't contain high fructose corn syrup. There's very, very few. Yes. Yes. Well, that I have. uh, Yeah, I haven't found. So I ended up making my own, which you can look up recipes to to make your own stuff all the time. But anyways, it's just interesting because, yes, high fructose corn syrup, it's in everything. It truly is. 
Um, I want to go back for just a second on your phase two where, um, you know, you started implementing things back into your life. Was it, did it take a while for you to start noticing that in your body? Yeah. So when I, what happens to my body personally? So my RAs is it's in my genetics. So it can be activated and it can, it can become dormant just as most um, dis-ease processes in our body, right? Whether it be uh, type two diabetes or heart disease or, um, you know, um, Alzheimer's, whatever it may be that those are our genes and they're activated. So what happens in my body is I, my joints are greatly affected. And so I would swell in my, where I wouldn't be able to move my shoulder or my knees would swell and I wouldn't be able to walk very well or my hands or feet. And so I, I started an elimination Removed the gluten again. That's a huge, huge one for anyone with autoimmune um, is removing gluten. I removed um, some other foods that um, are triggering like uh, corn. Um, it can be types of soy if it's not organic and even some that's non-organic soy can be one to remove, I just started removing all the, the foods that I knew that, and, and really got back to just pure, pure, cleaned um, food. And it's not that I was eating a lot of packaged foods or eating out a ton, but I was, I was in corporate world and we had lunches brought in all the time. Right. And it was just yeah. that survival, eat what you can, or you're not going to eat for 12 more hours because you've got meetings all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. And I wasn't prepared at the time. Um, it was just, that was my lifestyle. So now I really, um, it took me, it takes, it took me about three weeks for the first few weeks are horrible because your body is so addicted to those foods and you go through mood changes. I think maybe I've mentioned this Alicia to you at one point when you start eliminating maybe dairy, dairy has a, um, a lot of sugar in it. So you, these, these sugar proteins that act as sugar. So you, you kind of have this resistance and you're, you become moodier and, and you, there's a lot of imbalance in your food because you're, you're a little angry. Your body doesn't, it doesn't want it to go. It doesn't want you to take it away. Right. Again, yes. it's, it's kind of this addictive process um, that we have with food. And so um, I just started eliminating that in about three to four weeks, kind of worked through those emotions. And I always, my husband knows, I always tell him I'm going through, a, I'm going through a phase, a detox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so great. Um, some have been really difficult in life and others are just, you know, more maintenance, which that's what I'm on now is just more maintenance here and there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. About three to four weeks of a really good cleanup of my diet, moving my body mindfulness. And then I'm in a place where I feel more centered and I can, I can now, um, move really well again. My, my, I have mental clarity, you know, my moods are balanced. It just affects us on all levels. Yeah. I love that. The where you just I mentioned the mental clarity because I um I've wondered too like how much it affects our mental health support when we start to just detox all of that out. Um so we'll come back to that in just a second. But okay. before that, um I remember when I was having to go through a detox and you helped me so much through that because I felt so deprived from mm -hmm. not being able to eat a lot of the things that I wanted to and it wasn't even, 
I'm sure a lot of it was that there was that like, oh, oh, that tastes so good. I want that. But it was something that I wasn't supposed to be having because of some testing I was going through. But do you remember that where I was just like, Brooke, what can I eat? I I think I told you, eat the sweet potatoes. (laughs) Yes, yes, I do remember that. Or something. I don't know what it was. So that's good to know for people that, you know, that we're going to maybe start doing something like this, that it does take weeks for it to kind of balance out and feel Okay. It does. So gluten can take anywhere from you. You should know. You should notice a change within one to three weeks, as far as more. Um, if if gluten is affecting you, which it does affect many, if it's affecting your joints or your moods or your mental clarity, um, fatigue, chronic fatigue, um, gluten or dairy, you, you usually notice within one to three weeks. Um, but for gluten to be removed from your body fully, it takes, you know, up, it take, can take up to a few months for it to be fully removed. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes clients will ask, well, can I have just a little gluten here and there? And then I just always remind them that it's always going to be processing in your body. So um, it's best to remove if it is affecting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I am curious about the mental. Yes, yes. Thank you for for explaining that. I'm literally just soaking it all in, going, "Wow, that's true." You you have to make a decision if you're going to just eliminate it or not. It can't be that just like halfway in, halfway out, or uh, you know, if you're trying to eliminate something, you can't just have it occasionally because it's going to live in your body for that much longer. So, and you won't see the results. I noticed that with sugar. Um, Sugar's so hard (laughs) to eliminate from your diet. Like you really notice like, oh, I'm sure that you notice with a lot of different things. But the funny thing about that though, is that once I eliminated sugar, when I did, um, then when I would have something afterwards that had a little sugar in it, it was so noticeable and I did not like it. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you get to a point where you acclimate and you're like, you know what? I actually like the taste of the food without this added sugar where you just get used to it. Like you said, an addiction, right? And it's amazing how, how with that time, because it did take a few months, you don't want to go back. You're just like, that's too much that I can tell that that affects me. And you can actually feel how it affects you. Once you've eliminated it from your diet, you can totally feel, oh my gosh, I feel lightheaded. I feel like, you know, like you just notice all these different things in your body when you bring it back in and it's not doing a service for your body, you know, so it's very interesting. So... When you talked about mental clarity, I would love to know, um, I just feel like there's so many people dealing with anxiety or depression or um, just feeling depleted. And I, I love, and I know that you speak about eating um in in a way that you're fueling your body, you're not eating, but fueling. How can we fuel our body to 
manage a little bit more of that mental clarity or to you know, obtain more mental clarity, to feel more enlightened and to eat for our mental health, in other words. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm seeing that everywhere. Um, as COVID, was, I started my practice in directly in COVID, December 2020, or, or yeah, 2020. And so I saw so many individuals, and and I still see the aftermath um, of depression and, and anxiety. But just in our society today, this is this is becoming the norm, and we're seeing it in children, which is so sad. Um, so I do, I definitely, I love how you said um, and how you connected with fuel because that's really what I practice and what I preach. I do not um, really focus on just the weight on the scale. That's not my type of, of teachings and of practice. I am, I want to take you beyond that. I want to take you inside your body and help you understand that we're not just, um, we're not just we're not just eating based on the macros, the the fats, the carbohydrates, the proteins. I like to take you the step further into the nutrients, right? The vitamins, the minerals. What's in your food? Because you could be eating um, for for weight. That's one thing, right? By the macro count, but then you could be missing out on those key nutrients that are needed for mental health, that are needed for to regulate your hormones. So. When, so, so just a light level because it can go very deep, but just a light level is food is our precursor to our um, chemical messengers in our body, that being our neurotransmitters and our hormones. So they are providing this information as to how you're going to sleep, how you're going to wake, how, what energy you're going to have. Are you going to be happy? Are you going to be sad? Um, so th- just think of any, we have over 50 hormones in our body, over a hundred neurotransmitters that are constantly communicating to our bodies. So when we are eating, more packaged foods, refined foods, um, foods that lack nutrients, um, a lot of artificial foods and dyes and um, foods that have, you know, are heavily full of toxins, then our think of our body is only trying to, it's not able to use a lot of the nutrients because the nutrients aren't there to use. And it's spending more of its energy on removing the toxic waste from your body. It doesn't need the dyes. It doesn't need the artificial ingredients. It doesn't need the excess sugar. It's trying to store it. It's trying the best it can to get rid of it. What do you think that's going to do to your mental health? Well, this is not going to be taken care of because you're not fueling your body to to thrive, right? Does that help at all? So much, so much. That was just such an aha moment. So, oh, I am so excited about that. (laughs) I just, I, I see so many people in my own personal space that um, I know will just benefit so hugely from that understanding and, and all, all it is, is just learning about it, you know, because yeah. a lot of times you're like, why, why do I feel like this? We, and, and to be, like you said earlier, mindful about how we're fueling our bodies and, oh, that's just so huge. Thank you. Yes. I love that too. Thank you so much. Um, 
And I love that, yes, it is learning, but it's also us taking action, like having that choice, making that choice to take action. And actually, um, when you were talking about your RA, um, that's a genetic thing, right? Is that- it is. As you know, most, most diseases that we see is um, based on genetics, but our our genetics, um, so there's these epigenetics, right? So there's our genetics, there's these epigenetics, which is the lifestyle factors. So mm-hmm. it's, it's what, how our genetics are going to play out. So they can, um, they can be there, they can be dormant. They, the RA gene can be inside of me, it can be activated. Um, the anxiety, the depression, the ADD, what you, the list goes on, right? The symptoms. And, and Alicia, I've shared with you, um, a symptom list is going through what, what symptoms are you incurring right now? That's your body talking. That's your body signaling to you that, that something is off and that could be your food. That could be chronic stress, right? Chronic stress. These are your lifestyle factors. It could be excess toxins, heavy metals. Um, So I always highly suggest like looking at what, uh, looking into an air filter or water filter, um, getting your your nutrient levels checked, maybe looking at um, the level of heavy metals in your body. If you're eating a lot, uh, we, we have toxins everywhere. We have toxins everywhere. Right? And our body's this beautiful system. It knows how to detoxify, but it's getting overloaded in life right now. Mm-hmm. It's just getting mm-hmm. overloaded. And then the chronic stress, when so many of individuals are living with chronic chronic stress, you could be eating all of this nourishing food, but if you're in chronic stress in life, then your immune system is, is downgraded. Your, your nutrients aren't absorbed as well in your body because you're in the fight or flight mode, um, the sympathetic mode. And that's a signal saying, Hey, we need, there's danger here. And so that's going to increase your cortisol. It's going to increase your adrenaline. When that happens, then your additional systems that aren't 100% necessary to run from a bear, because that's what we were ingrained to do. That's what the this system was was meant for, run from danger. That's, that's um, activated. So then the rest of our immune system is kind of shut down a little bit. So then over time, breakage occurs, right? So Alicia, going back to your question about my... RA and genes. Um, um, what did I answer your question, or was there more? To yes. That? Well, I just love that our genes don't ultimately determine where we're going to end up. You know, if we choose to take those steps and change the the lifestyle that we're living. I mean, and there's just so many things around it. And I did have another question come up as you were explaining all of that. Like, how do we know where to start? Like, do we start with helping, um, focusing maybe on the stress levels because we need those to come down? Or do we start with the foods? Like, what would be, or is it just different for each person? It's different for each. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Brooke, I wanted to add to Lisa's question because maybe you would be able to um, encompass an answer with, with both. But so many people live, like, get 
used to feeling digestive issues and just deal with them their whole life or get used to feeling that chronic pain and just live with it their whole life. Like our system is so amazing. Our bodies are so amazing. And our mind, you know, like all of it, you just get into this space and you just live with it, not knowing that, hey, if we pay attention to this, we can actually transform that and live a more fulfilling life without the digestive issues, without the chronic pain and all those things. Um, yes. So that I just wanted to add that because we do so many people just get used to living that way. Definitely. So when I, when I give someone a, a, a list of symptoms, I always present it in the manner of what common symptoms do you have common as in they're not normal. But just as you said, we get we 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 um, acclimate to our pain, and it becomes our norm. And or I often hear, or I'll ask, um, or we all know this in our families. Um, what is your genetic history, right? What's your so RA runs in my family? Like my mom's aunts have it, my cousin has it. That is something. Um, there's heart disease, so I know. Um, and then based on, I did a genetic panel. I, I got my, my genetics, uh, my DNA tested, my genetics test, testing done. And that tells you that, um, yes, you are, you're prone to get heart disease if you don't do something about it, or you're prone to get type two diabetes. This is in your genes. So when, usually when I'm working with individuals, they'll say my mother had, this is a generational problem. It doesn't mean that it that it can't stop by this generation. It's just going to take some some action and integration. And then you can change that for the future generations, right? Mm -hmm. Just by but just by teaching them. So where to start though, Alicia? Um I love starting with stress. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm starting with, with stress because, um, like I said, when you're living in chronic stress mode, then it's really hard to repair your body, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of your systems are downgraded. And so at the same time, yes, if you're, if you're ready to start eating, but, but if you are so emotionally, mentally distressed, then it's hard to make those those great decisions, right? So starting just with awareness, connection, incorporating mindful practices in throughout your day, what am I doing? First, we need to really just recognize how am I living my life right now? Mm -hmm. And really, really connecting with that rather than, rather than, yes, I, I tend to emotionally eat. Okay. Well, now when you emotionally eat, I want you to put an emotion to it. How mm -hmm. are you feeling? How are you feeling? Are you sad? Are you mad? Are you stressed? Are you lonely? What is that emotion so that you can now you, you're, you're starting to take accountability, right? Yeah. Um, so that's the first process I I always start most individuals with is uh, emotionally connecting, reducing stress, and then we move on to starting this crowd out add-in um, method, which is I like to take, um, my, my approach is a very nourishing and soft approach. I don't like diets. 
Um, so my method is a crowd out crowd because diets aren't sustainable in general, right? So I like to create a sustainable way of eating and living that's going to work with your lifestyle, that's going to fit um, with your life. And that looks different for everyone. So every mm-hmm. individual I work with looks differently. Of course, I have foundational work, but it's going to look a little bit different. And then, yes, I start this crowd out, add in process where we softly start crowding out foods that aren't supporting them. And at the same time, we add in because we don't want to, we, I don't want you to feel deprived. So yes. diet, yes. the diet method is, is deprivation for the most part. And you can't wait to be done. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. That's what a diet is. I can't wait to be done with this diet. And you're thinking I- about it it's going to end, right? It's going to end in six months, in three months, whatever it may be. We know they're not long-term. So Mm -hmm. this is more of a way where we're, we're actually changing our life. We're changing our lifestyle. So in, within the, um, like what we're eating, we, there has to be like a, a certain amount of food that we really are enjoying. Mm, definitely. Right. Like, yes, yes. Sure. So I take each approach with, with kind of what is your level of pain? What are we dealing with here? Are we dealing with autoimmune or, you know, what is the case or are we just, di- are, are we dealing with um, maybe just some pre-diabetes where you're heading on this path, but we just need to make some adjustments and really reel you back in. What is the, um, What's what's your level here? It may require a kind of a very strict removal because they're in so much pain, right? Um, If it's not, if we're not dealing with um, autoimmune or such, then then I'll do more of the approach that I just talked about where we will just kind of start crowding out and adding foods in. So amazing. I, I, we have a personal experience in our own family where genetically, um, we have Alzheimer's mm-hmm. in our family and it runs, uh, in our family. And we have two aunts that we love dearly that, um, left this earth with Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and it was really hard towards the end because they were such pillars of our family for them to not know who we were Mm -hmm. that was so hard and of course then we all have that little fear of like it runs in our family that's going to happen to me and and you you know it kind of ripples through the family however our mom and our other aunt have not been affected. And I was actually waiting for them to be affected because it runs in our family. Mm -hmm. And our mom now is 83 and our aunt is 81, right? Yeah. And there's no signs. And the difference is their nutrition. Style and nutrition. Yes. And honestly, I thought to myself, why can't we just have the regular Mexican food because we're Hispanic that everybody else has? Why do we have to have alfalfa soup and stone ground tortillas? <laughs> you know, that and, is not a joke, Brooke. <laughs> I know it's not. <laughs> but, but I see the power 
in the nutrition. And I love that we have a choice to make here and that it's within our control. And I'm also seeing the integrative aspect of of your work. And it's so beautiful to understand that it's all related, all facets of life. It has to all shift and it starts with stress. And I know that there's a lot of people that are like, well, there's things in my life right now that, you know, that are extrinsic or intrinsic um, that are affecting my stress levels. And I can't control that, but you can control how you manage that. You can get outside. You can go for a walk. You can hike, hike it out. Those are the things that you can control. And that's crucial mm-hmm. in, in the whole experience. And then love the wording crowding out and what was the rest of that? Crowding out adding, and adding, adding in. So adding the, in. instead of just removing, because that's the term that's always used, is we're just mm-hmm. taking it away. And oh, when you hear that, I'm you're what are you taking away from me? Yeah. You want it more. You want it more. Yes. Yeah, you that's want so it true. the opposite, right? So just kind of lightly crowding it out. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're adding in more, more nourishment and using that terminology of just more. And, and, and um, it's, it, 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 it's just as a, it's a mindset switch that I, I think is very effective. And then back to your point, Alicia, of we still need to like have fun and enjoy. And that is, that's where I love to get individuals is to a point again, depending, depending on their state of health um, and what, what works best for them, but creating this balance as far as I want them to be able to go to a birthday party or out to dinner, um, you know, five, 10% of, of the, of their entire way of eating. Right. And just enjoy it and not think, Oh, what did that cake do to me? Or I'm going to have to work that cake off tomorrow. We hear this terminology, especially come out in women and, Mm -hmm. Oh, the shame around it, the guilt around it, the, that's no fun. That's, mm-hmm. You're going. You're going to indulge in those delicious foods because they they are those sweets are still delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, we just can't overindulge, but when we do indulge, doing so out of love and just pure enjoyment, and then just cu- creating that balance for you. Yes, 90 percent of the time, I eat all these foods that are pure nourishment. Ten yes. percent, it is pure, just fun and joy and love, and, love and I it. don't have to think about it, right? So that's yes. a big part of. We want to live still. We don't. We don't want to be so refined and so strict into. I can only eat this way. Yes. Um, my children can only eat this way. That's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe five percent of the population can do that. But when we when we see that you know ninety three percent of the population or so is metabolic metabolically unfit, mm-hmm. um, then we're seeing this probably isn't very obtainable for people. So let's let's create a system that is. That feels so good. Yeah, I love that. That feels doable. No yes. pun intended. By digestible. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like I, we can do that. And yes. yeah, it just feels like a flow to just be able to crowd out and add in. It just feels more like I can loving. do this. This is yes, more loving. 
Yes. Uh, yes. I, I get to, this is what I get to do instead of this is what I have to do. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. To feed my body these, this nourishing food, because this is how I want to feel. I also get to go just enjoy myself, whatever that may be for you and enjoy the foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think of comments that are um, a little bit more around like it's so expensive to eat healthy. It's so much more, yeah, you're just spending more money on the healthy foods. Yeah. So um oftentimes I'll just have individuals take a look at their life. How often are they going to get a coffee every morning, a three to seven dollar coffee every single morning? How often are they buying energy drinks? Those are what I don't know, three to I don't know what they cost, probably three to five dollars. Um, how often are they buying soda? A lot of it is in our drinks, right? Yeah. Soda drinks. I mean, besides water and maybe if you do drink coffee or tea or just a few things, we don't we're wasting money on uh just sugar drinks yeah how often Mm -hmm. are you going to those um you know i don't know what they're called but maybe i don't want to call any companies out but we Mm -hmm. know yes we know the flavored sugar soda sodas on Uh, top of the soda there's all these syrups and the line is huge (laughs) to those places yeah. And, and mm. so that's one area that they can save money. And I've had clients come back and say, wow, the amount of money that I saved just by taking soda out of my life is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing is buying, how are you buying your food? If you are, if you are buying organic, um, or healthier foods, whatever that looks like to you, and you're still buying a lot of packaged foods, I'm buying gluten-free. I'm buying sugar-free, whatever they, um, they're buying, but they're buying a lot of packaged food still. Yeah, that's going to be costly compared to conventional food that's packaged. But if you are buying from the produce area, oftentimes it's not going to be much more. And that's where you should be buying the bulk of your foods anyways. Right. So Mm -hmm. it really is. It's just an adjustment of how they are spending money. They, they have the money it's going out. It's just going out in a different form. So when they look at an organic apple and it's 90 cents and a conventional is 50 cents, let's say, okay, so apples are probably more than that, but anyways, (laughs) um, and then, and then that's all they're comparing to rather than I'm spending $5 at Starbucks a day Mm -hmm. and if I just start even making my tea at home every morning, um, then there we go. Then I have an extra hundred plus dollars to spend towards groceries or to um, maybe towards a therapist, towards, you know, a health coach. Whatever. Health coach, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> health coach. Yes. There's, there's, there's your money. You can easily yes. come up with it. Uh, so oh, I, I love it because sometimes we don't think about that. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they do market, you know, sugar-free this or gluten-free this, and they make a ton of money on it because they know people are looking for that. Mm-hmm. But yes, if we're getting our stuff from the produce section, then it's going to be a lot more affordable. Now that you mentioned organic, tell us what your take is on organic versus like some things are labeled natural or organic. Is it worth spending the extra money for organic? Oh, I'm, I highly suggest organic. Um, there's 
there's so the FDA um, regulates our food, but there's over 80,000 um, chemicals that have been registered, known registered, um, but it's not really regulated. It's, it's not regulated well. So you can kind of put a lot. So for example, natural flavors, we think of it as as being healthy, of, of being natural when ultimately it's just kind of a bucket um, that that they can use as a label that puts a lot of um, unknown ingredients in it, basically, mm-hmm. in uh-huh. general. So that's um, there's a lot of hidden words within the within the food industry. So when you're buying organic, there's an additional third party testing that happens with your foods that's going to make certain that you're not going to be, um, you know, let's, let's just take animals, for example, to where they're not going to be fed, um, um, GMO feed, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, which, which could have, which can be sprayed with glyphosate, um, mm-hmm. which is sprayed with glyphosate. They're not going to be, um, given the extra hormones and antibiotics, and they're going to receive fresh air. Um, so those pasture-raised animals versus um, the the caged animals is, think, I mean, we've seen the photos. I actually just posted one on Instagram today because this is such, it's such a visual that we need to see as a society mm-hmm. is how our food is, is raised. Um, especially animals is grass fed. You just think of they're getting sunlight. They're, they're, they're not in a stressful situation. The energy in those animals is going into your body. If you do eat mm-hmm. animal products. So mm-hmm. that alone spending the money in order to get, um, just just one for a more humane humane reason, and then two just just to reduce the extra hormones, antibiotics, GMO feed that's going into the animals because that's ultimately going into your body. So the organic label is yes, it is regulated to where a lot of the toxins are removed from the system. There's there's like over um, nine hundred like pesticides. Um, that is used in non-organic foods, whereas organic foods, there's something around 20, 25, 30 um, that, that are regulated, right? So, so when people say, oh, but organic is still sprayed, um, it's completely different than, than, than the non-regulated foods that we see. Mm -hmm. it's out of this it's out of this world that there's that many chemicals 80,000 and that many pesticides and oh just it's just crazy that that's really what we're consuming Mm -hmm. what about farm raised versus wild caught how do you feel about that Um, yeah sure so so fish so we'll take just salmon for example so wild caught Mm -hmm. salmon is it's in the ocean, right? It's feeding off of its natural um, source of food. It's not under that stress as much as then um, you go into more factory farmed uh, fish and they are fed, uh, again, that kind of GMO 
feed, right? Where it's not oh. their natural source of food. Um, they have their when animals are so confined, then they have to use, think of it as like more antibiotics, right? Because they're going to get sick more easily because they're all on top of each other. <laughs> That's together. right. And then again, just the stress of those animals, you're not going to get the nutrient content is going to be lower. And Mm -hmm. then that causes more, um, they also have been shown to have more um, inflammatory properties in the farmed rather than, than the, um, in the, in the factory farmed rather than the wild caught. So salmon, for example, when you, it's naturally pink, we see this beautiful wild caught salmon. Well, when it's farmed, they actually have to put pink dye into it because it comes out kind of more of a gray color because it doesn't have the proper nutrients from, uh, yeah. And, and you did answer that question before. I just happened to have bought farm-raised tilapia right before this call. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, so we always have to think of don't add more stress, right? Right. When yes. Thank it, you. When you're eating it, still, still, whatever you're eating, we want to still eat out of love and nourishment and gratitude. Um, because oh, thank you. Stress is going to do exactly that. And you're not going to, whatever nutrients it's going to provide to your body, it's not going to, um, it's not going to provide as many, you know, the, the absorption process. And we kind of talked about all of that. So just remembering always forgiving and, and don't, don't add stress into your, into your way. Thank you. Thank you for that example. Appreciate that. Yes. And perfectionism. We don't want to, we don't want to eat out of perfectionism, right? So yes, yes, maybe you bought the farmed tilapia, but you're going to have a beautiful side of vegetables with it. So what, what is, what are you, um, um, what, what is going along with that? So Mm -hmm. you look at it as a whole, right? Yes. Okay, great. And even those we we also even just have to go back to those individuals that are living in survival and and is all they can do. I just always want to have compassion around this area because it's it is so difficult and we all live different lives, but mm-hmm. uh, to anyone out there that is having to get their child fast food every night because that is all they can do to yeah. survive right now. Um, single parents or whatever their situation is, you're, you're, you're doing good. So, so just keep, keep, keep going. Right. Yeah. Um, mm, that's beautiful. Because sometimes sure. we, it can be a luxury. We feel to have access to healthy food. Mm-hmm. A lot of individuals don't have access to healthy food, um, yeah. but when they do, we just want to educate them to, to make the, the better decision, a good decision. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for love that. So beautiful. You have so much wisdom and knowledge. And I love that you shared that. Like everything that you talked about. It's <laughs> so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, Anita, did you have anything else that you wanted to? I I I do, but um I just wanted to to have you maybe say a couple words as far as like to the parents that are out there, like you just mentioned, that are maybe struggling with babies or behavioral issues and how can we uh, help them feel like they are doing the right thing to support their kids' um, emotional well-being as well? 
you know, like what, what do you feel is the best thing to do in that scenario? My there's, this is such a loaded question. One it is, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. I'm sorry. The best I can, um, as far as one, it starts with, with, uh, with us as parents, right? So our children are always watching us though they may be resisting us. You both started off with the story of like, kind of like, why do we have to have this food? Believe me, I deal with that with my daughter on a daily basis. Why can't I eat fast food every day? Or, you know, um, why do I always have to eat differently? Why do I have to differently, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But just continue modeling that for them as they're growing up. That's going to be, I'd say, the best thing that you can do, showing Mm -hmm. them how you are engaging in in movement, in exercise, how you are being mindful, how you're managing your stress, how you are um, having, you know, gratitude and connection and, and, and how you're fueling your body and then just continuing to educate them as, as they will allow it. Right. And then as they grow older, unfortunately, they're going to or fortunately, they're going to make their own decisions. And that's all we can do is guide them the best that we can. That's the best answer. Modeling. That's the best. Thank you so much. And then the last thing that I wanted to ask is, do you have a favorite uh, book on nutrition that someone that is just thinking to themselves, I really want to make that change and something that is a beginner kind of place for you know, how do I get healthy? Yeah. So, so there's, there's many nutrition books, but I will throw this one out there only because, because we've talked about sugar so much and we know that sugar is such a problem right now (laughs) in everything. And, and this is and 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 it does cause a lot of mental distress, mental imbal- mood imbalances. There's so much um, pre-diabetes going on, type two diabetes going on. So I am going to actually recommend Glucose Revolution by the Glucose Goddess um, because I think she does a fantastic job at um, one really teaching you how to control your blood sugar level because that's that is that is really such a foundational um component to health in general no matter which direction mm-hmm. you're going learning to eat protein healthy fats and fiber with your meals and 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 if you're going to make those decisions to eat and i love that she puts this in to maybe have the bag of potato chips or or have the donut that you can, what, what to do after, go for a walk for 30 minutes. That's going to, that's going to help regulate your blood sugar level. So as you're starting to make changes in your life, um, again, we don't want to be perfect. And, and that's why I do recommend her book because she kind of talk speaks to the average American right now mm-hmm. where, where it's not this black and white. A lot of the nutrition books will definitely educate you on, okay, this is what you need to do. Um, but I would say start with balancing your blood sugar level because that's going to that's going to change your world. 
I love that. I love the book. Mm-hmm. I also love to follow. She has an Instagram called the Glucose or yeah, the Glucose uh-huh. Goddess. Yes. And it's really cool because she shows you like little diet or what are they called? Like yes. graphs yes. showing you, okay, if you have a cookie, do this. Or if you're going to have pasta, eat your veggies first. I mean, like it's so awesome. So follow mm-hmm. that, that account. It's so great. Mm-hmm. And speaking of accounts, Brooke, mm-hmm. do you have an Instagram or where can we find you? I do. So everything um, is natured balance. So Instagram, Facebook, just at natured balance, website, naturedbalance.com. So natured with a D. It is natured. Okay. Okay. Got it. Thank you for that. Brooke. Oh, so much beautiful information. Thank you so much. Thank you both for, for just allowing this platform and what you do. And, and I know that you're, you're both just, you are just the most beautiful advocates for helping others. So thank you. Thank you, Brooke. It was wonderful. Yes. So we were hoping that this brought light for you today and uh, please share it with other people because I know that other people will also benefit from this incredible um, interview with Brooke. Thank you for your time, Brooke. We so appreciate everything that you've shared with us today. Um, Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thank you.